Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Harry Benson Shoot First charts the illustrious career of the renowned photographer who initially rose to fame alongside the Beatles. Having uh, been assigned to cover their inaugural trip to the United States in 1964 with unprecedented access, um, Benson captured some of the most vibrant and intimate portraits ever taken of the most popular band in history. His extensive portfolio includes iconic images of Winston Churchill, Bobby Fischer, Muhammad Ali, Greta Garbo, uh, Michael Jackson, Martin Luther King, and he was there during uh, when uh, Robert Kennedy was assassinated. Remarkable body of work, a really fun, really terrific documentary called Shoot First. Harry Benson, pardon me, Shoot First. We're joined today by one of the co-directors of the film, Justin Baer, along with the other co-director who's not here. That would be Matthew Maylee. But Justin, welcome to film school. Thanks for having me. It's oh, great to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. Great uh, stuff, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, just a, a just, it's just one of those documentaries that's just uh, immersive in a way. You just sit down, you watch, let it wash over you because, because there are so many uh, photographs that you can get lost right. in any one of those photographs. You want to sure. you want to spend more time with so many of the of the, so much of his work. So as the it just right. it's such an enjoyable watch. Um, tell me a little bit about how you and got. We, to, well, go ahead, please. Yeah, I was I was just going to add to that. I mean, it's one of those things that we thought about uh, intensely about. Do we want to show the photographs? Uh, do we just lay on the photographs? And we thought about different styles and different techniques, and we kept coming back to simple as possible i think honestly like the more graphical elements you add to it the more what we call you know jazzing it up a little bit it could get tacky or cheesy so honestly we kept coming back to the very simple let's just look at the photo and i think that that's you know it's a very ken burns kind of effect and it's a very traditional way of documentary uh, filmmaking yeah but it's I think it's so powerful for these images because they do tell a story. Yeah. You just look at the image and you see it. You see the whole story right there. Yeah, it, it, you know, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. The, the, yeah, that was, it, it's such a. I mean, to see these photos on a wall, how would you see them? You would see them. That image, you would have time to spend with it. You wouldn't be distracted. And I think one of the strengths right. of the film is you allow us to linger on these photos long enough to appreciate not only. Uh, just the image itself of Muhammad Ali and the Beatles, or the or whatever it is, mm. and, and but it's appreciate it's it's uh, you know the way it was shot, the way it looked, the framing, and all the rest of it. But then we go, we we see all of these different people who have impacted by Harry's life. Um, it's it just yeah, I, I I can't strong I can't recommend this enough. It's just such an enjoyable watch. Um, how did Thank you get you. How did you get to uh, know Harry Benson? How did this come to come to? Matthew and I were uh, working on a film on Tiffany and Company, Crazy About Tiffany's, and Harry was actually on one of the interview lists because he had photographed uh, for Tiffany, had, did, had done some campaigns in the 90s, and they had a book party uh, for Harry. Harry has a lot of cocktail books that come out uh, over the years, and I think Tiffany had a, a big party with them. He was friends with John Lowengard, uh, or I'm sorry, John uh, Loring in the film, and he's... Uh, he was the former creative director of Tiffany. Uh, so I think that uh, we got the interview basically through that connection. 
but sat down. He didn't have, really have that much connection with Tiffany. Uh, so we kind of took the interview more of just wanting to meet this man. We've heard so much about him, and clear, we knew his photographs before uh, meeting him. So we go up uh, to Harry's place. You know, we talked about you know we talked about Tiffany's for about ten minutes, and then I think the rest of the interview was all about the Beatles and his first uh, yeah. ride over in '64. Uh, and I think that that was so intriguing to us that that very first interview that was supposed to be for a Tiffany interview actually ended up uh, being the interview for uh, Harry Benson for the. Uh, the first scene that you see of him is actually the very first uh, interview that we shot with him. Okay. So I think that that's kind of uh, funny how that all works out. Yeah. Now, now let's let's t- tell our our audience uh, a little bit about yeah. the, the background behind Harry Benson. Where is he from? So he's from uh, a small town, uh, well, outside of Glasgow uh, in Scotland. Uh, but we shot the the scene that's in the film is actually Troon, uh-huh. which is a, a spot that he. It's kind of like a beach town for them, so like they would you know, spend a lot of summers there. So I think he actually uh, really appreciates kind of going back there. And that was one thing that we did at the end of the film as well. Yeah, we did the Scotland trip. I think it was over the summer. Somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad that we did that. I'm glad that we included that. Oh, it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see him in in you know with his friend and yeah and and, and you get to Carlo. Uh, yeah. Carlo, you get to it's just, what's great about this film is not only get to see just what an amazing photographer he is, but also, you know, the, the roguish, the Scott in him, the, what is something about you, uh, Scott's can charm anybody or some... Right. Uh, some and it's probably... The, yeah, charm the snakes out of the tree. Yeah, yeah that kind of... And, uh, and you yeah, see him in his... Think, oh, we talk about that, too, uh, when he does when he does a lot of the American journalism. Uh, his access, I, I like to think that it's because of his Scottish accent, because I know I'm a little bit more intrigued by someone with an accent, even today. Yeah. So I can only imagine in the 50s and 60s uh, how he's able to infiltrate both the Freedom Riders and the KKK. Yeah. I think being Scottish might have allowed him a little bit more trust on both sides because he was a little bipartisan, I think, uh, in his career. And I think that that's what allowed him the, the trust, but obviously the charm as well. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a culmination of all kinds of things. You can never just pin it to one thing it always seems like this big snowball effect yeah that's well, kind of immense into his career right on one hand i think that that the photos he took during that that era of the civil rights era and, and where he documented one of the marches or maybe documented a lot of uh the marches of martin luther king but as well as one in particular the one that uh the uh, meredith march which which was talked about yeah. as one of the bloodiest and most uh you know egregious of all the civil rights uh marches and then to be able to go over and talk with the grand uh, dragon of the Ku Klux Klan and win him over, I think that right. they probably the Bobby fact that Shelton, yeah. yeah Bobby Shelton the fact that he they probably had no idea who he was, but were probably taken a little bit by the fact that he was uh, you know the Scottish charm, if you will. And, yeah, and, I mean and, we can only we can only really sit here and contemplate what these people were thinking. Most of them are not alive. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would say that, yeah, I, I think the there is a heritage in the white supremacist movement of Europe, of a European descent. Right. I think that the Scottish uh, heritage might have been that charming factor. Right. That's why Donald Trump allows him to photograph. It's the Scottish, I mean, initially, you know, it, yeah. it, Harry was able to get the initial introduction to these, these, uh, these means, but he's able to, to keep them and, and have the longevity of these 
relationships over the years through his charm. So it's one thing to get into the door, but it's another to stay in the door and close the door and then just keep further. Yeah. So I think that's that's kind of what's crazy about his career and so interesting, uh, and kind of how I'm modeling my career as well. As a, I'm a photographer as well, a young photographer, and you know, you look at his work and how he's done things. It's yeah. just you just want to learn by example. Oh, exactly. And and to that point about the the, the photos of the Ku Klux Klan that he he's describing in the film, and he says there was a certain arrogance to to them, which I'm sure allowed him mm-hmm. uh, even more access than he, he might oh, have absolutely. otherwise had. So no one thought that they think that they were wrong. Right. You know, they right. were. It's like when I see. Conservatives go on uh, the Daily Show. Yeah, right? I see these people go, and I'm like, do they know what the show's about? Do they know they're just going to rip them apart? <laughs> and they still do it because they have so much pride and confidence in what they believe in. Yeah, yeah. And I think true. that was exactly, you know, the, the KKK. They wanted to be photographed. Yeah. I don't even think they wanted to be masked. You know, they they were so open about the, uh, what they believed, and they believed it so true. Yeah. And I think Harry saw. I think. Harry wanted to photograph people hated and people he loved. I think he that was what was interesting. The more he hated you or the more he loved you, you know, that was really you know what dictated who he photographed. Yeah. And, and he really did just I'm sorry. Well, it, in the film he talks I mean it's he's described as in a, in a manner of speaking as, as sort of a uh, uh he, a dispassionate observer that uh, and that right. uh, and that's really what you know that what that's what makes for uh for his 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 ability to get into these situations, I want to re- remind our yeah. listeners we're speaking with the co-director of the film Harry Benson. Shoot first, uh, then that is Justin Bear. A, the co-director is is the other one. I should say Matthew is yeah. Ma- Matthew as as well. And the film comes out today, and it's at the Monica Film Center in Santa Monica. So check it out. Are you in town for a Q and A at that theater tonight, or? Are you around? I'm actually in New York right now. Okay. Uh, I think we're doing a they're doing a Q Q and A tonight at the IFC in New York. Oh, okay, terrific. You're going to be there for but, that. Uh, okay. Well, well, yeah, people. Well, Matthew's this... actually going to be there. I think we're splitting up. Uh, I think he's doing another interview right now. But yeah, we're kind of trying to okay. do it all. Yeah. Well, for people who are listening all over the country and uh, particularly New York, uh, it is as you said at the IFC Center tonight, and you'll so one of you will be there. Uh, and I suggest you yeah. go because Harry will be there. Oh, and Harry Harry's will be there. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. that's fantastic. Well, we, we we sort of lingered on the 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 Ku Klux Klan and the Martin Luther King stuff, but I think where people would recognize immediately recognize this work is the stuff he shot with the Beatles. He was there as part of the uh, right. when they came to America in '64 and that insanity. What an amazing yeah. array of photos about these! You could see why they were so popular and so charming. I think through a lot of his work. So, um, God, what an experience that must have been for him! Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. The things that uh, I think he loved—it's what brought him to America. You know, the Beatles, and it's what I think started his career. I think it was, um, you know, I think why Michael Jackson, why these other people wanted him to photograph them was because he was a Beatles photographer. Yeah. I think that that was and a tremendous amount of um, gravitas that he had yeah. when he first came to the States. And I think that that's, but again, you know, it's like he could have went to those, one of those assignments and messed up and then never worked again. Right. So it's, it's, again, it's, it got him the foot in the door, but it's the persistence and the quality that kept him calling him to come back. 
But it's also the quality. I mean, you're right. It's not only did he get these plum assignments, but he really delivered on that on that initial uh, assignment with the Beatles. I mean, it's there's some remarkable films. One of my favorite photos in the film is is Harry is obviously stationed at the top of the ladder as the Beatles are getting off the plane, and they all four of them turn around and look. It looks like they're looking right at him. And it's just such a cool yeah. shot because you've got this. Well, we have foot- yeah, we have footage of, of him getting off the plane and actually yeah. composing that actual shot. It's when a- I saw that for the first time, yeah. I knew that we had a documentary. It's just <laughs> Is that right? To watch. When you saw that, you said, oh, we got ourselves a documentary? But, uh, okay. Oh, oh, wait, awesome. I was like, this is the opening of the documentary right here. <laughs> like, this is clear that this is. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just yeah, it was, it's an amazing yeah. shot. It's an amazing shot of because these guys are walking right. into this shrieking, crazy crowd of people, and they still have the right. presence of mind to turn around and look back at Harry and, and like I'm, the look on their face is like, "Are you kidding? Is this really it happening?" Shows you how much how much trust that you know that he had already established. Yeah, and they had already shot yeah. before they came to the states, so they had already built that trust. And oh, if he hadn't man. have built that trust before, maybe it wouldn't have been like that. But I think the fact that he was able to do that in that in that large crowd, I think that shows oh, Harry yeah. and it shows, you know, the skill that he had. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah. And we're just scratching the surface, uh, folks, on this film. There's so many different aspects of his life and so many phases of his life. The the fashion photography is amazing. The portrait photography, all of the, the – when he goes to Africa – uh, when he travels the world in these uh, horrible, awful, war-torn countries, there's just so right. much here. Um, wh- is there he some- literally could do it all. He could. He was a photographer that just he could do it all. I, I know this question is going to sound like I'm asking you to pick your favorite kid, uh, especially when it comes to a film like this. But is there a particular phase of his career, particular even photos that you identify as just something that you, as a photographer, as well as a filmmaker, you look at and you say, yeah. I want to do that? Uh, I mean, I, a lot of his covers I, I admire because yeah. um, he always says, uh, you know, if it's, if it's a studio, it's it's a terrible photograph because it's a dead subject. But the fact that he's able to work in the studio and bring something to life yeah. from that subject, I think uh, the, uh, the the shot with the Reagans on the cover, for instance, I mean, right. that shot must have been a tremendous amount of pressure to have that, that cover be that great. And I'm sure he wasn't happy to be on a white psych. So I, I could see, and then and when, when you look at the behind-the-scenes photos yeah. in the moment, yeah. and it's kind of like he does look stressed out. He looks like he's really trying to make this photograph because he's not really been dealt with the best cards. And a lot of times when I could do when we do these interviews, we're not necessarily in the best location, or you kind of have to make you know the environment look a lot better than it is. Uh, he and he was able to make a plain white background look amazing. And, you know, they just pop out of, you know, out of the magazine. I think that that was one of the shots that, that I admired, but any of the shots that he has, cause he doesn't like stage photography. So when he is in that position that he has to, and there's some assignments where it is just a stage photograph, yeah. you have to go and take my portrait. But when he takes your portrait, he makes you do something right? or he tells you something or just even as simple as get up and walk across the room. Cause he knows when you walk back, you know, something might happen. You might trip, and right there, that's the moment that he captures, and now that's right. that's your portrait. Wow. So I think that's that's how he works, and that's how I kind of admire that. And I I, I definitely stole that. I definitely use that in my work too. So. Well, well, it just, <laughs> yeah. Just the last minute I have with you, uh, 
Justin Bear, uh, the uh, co-director of the film, Harry Benson, shoot first. What did you did you get actual like advice? Did he look at your work? Did you have anything sort of a conversation with him about <laughs> about uh, critiquing it or how you can be a better? Oh yeah, so Gigi and Harry, Gigi as Harry's wife, they were tremendously tremendously you know involved with the filmmaking process, mainly because of. Gigi was, or Gigi knows his entire catalog, his whole Rolodex. So it was a lot of, and Heather Silverman, the producer, you know, a lot of us just going back and forth with trying to figure out what photos to include. Yeah. Do they have any more of this? Yeah. Is there any outtakes of that? Uh, a lot of the outtakes came from John Delano, who was assistant and obviously photographed a lot of these, these shots that we see in the scene that it's Harry in action, which at the time probably meant nothing, but now it's, crucial for a film like this to be able to see those moments and uh even to have the shots of him with david chapman i think were yeah uh, wow that was another part incredible yeah. incredible incredible shot. stuff well listen I'm, i've just yeah. run out of time i would i would i'd love to spend an, another hour with you talking about this film and about harry and all the rest of it but i want to let our listeners know that you are uh, in New York, uh, and one of you will be at yeah. the IFC Center tonight. For Matthew, a, it's going to. I think Matthew, Heather, and Harry are going to be at the IFC. Okay, uh, I think at this after the seven o'clock screen, there's going to be Q and A. So you and Matthew Malea have co-directed Harry Benson Shoot First. It is opening here in Los Angeles at the Monica Theater in in Santa Monica on Third Street. You got to go go see this film. It is like I said, it's such an enjoyable watch. One of those films that truly. It's just from start to finish. You, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have a great time watching this. So, uh, Justin, thank you. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thanks for, for having me. Thanks for, so much. Oh, you're welcome. The film, again, is Harry Benson Shoot First. We've been speaking with Justin Bear, the co-director, along with Matthew May Lee, uh, on, uh, on this film. And uh, well, all the best to you. Right, thanks a lot. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.